0: Okay. Welcome, everybody, Yankee Chronicles podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Donald Evan, and joining us is Spencer. And before we get into our discussion, we do just want to ask you to check out statementgames.com, where you can find a unique experience to all your fantasy sports. And as always, check out docgoddensbaseball.org, where you can learn all about the founder of baseball. So we've had some interesting uh, online uh, activities from Brian Cashman as it was leaked out about. Or it was released, his statements about Gary Sanchez. And um, Gary is just kind of that player that just, his antics just keep on giving us stuff to talk about.
1: <laughs>
0: um, what Cashman had said was, whether you were told directly about being benched, I really don't care. You're pretty, you're pretty self-aware at that point that a horrible year on both sides of the ball, you lost your job in the most important time of the season, which is October baseball. I'm not sure an explanation is necessary, and I think you got to give Cashman a round of applause for that because it's about time somebody called Gary out on the shit. So, what, uh, Spencer? What do you think about that? You think Cashman- well, I,
1: really, I actually found it very refreshing for uh, Brian Cashman to give, uh, as you said, a more uh, direct. Remark about it. He really didn't um, use any euphemisms and he didn't, um, you know, skirt the issue. He didn't duck the issue. He was very direct about it. And the issue really is, you know, in in plain sight. I mean, we all knew why Gary Sanchez wasn't playing in the playoffs. I have to tell you, I I find it remarkable to even read that he said he couldn't understand why. Now, I'll give Gary a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because, as we all know, the reporters. They do like to make a story, so I'm sure there is some level of embellishment with the story, but you can only embellish a story like this so much also. I mean, you know, you, you'd basically be saying that somebody, you know, put words in his mouth and, and and misquoted him. I don't think that's the case at all. And and from what we know about Gary Sanchez, it kind of sounds like something that he would say.
0: Yeah. He can't get out of his own way sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. And You know, same thing with a lot of people in sports. Sometimes they just don't know when to just shut up and just get back to work, you know, and stop, you know, just don't talk to anybody. Just do Mm -hmm. your job. Yeah, and I think that would take a lot of the heat off of them also. Evan, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I agree. It's refreshing because normally Cashman doesn't reveal anything. He doesn't tell you. He doesn't reveal his cards. We've said that multiple times so the fact that he's this blunt with the player shows that you know Gary needs to understand this is a big deal this is someone who is a top five catcher in the league who's playing like he's at the bottom of the league and that's not okay for our team he's a cornerstone he wants to be the franchise you know catcher but if you can't understand why you're getting benched then you might not have the mentality to be the franchise catcher.
0: Yeah. You know, Donald, you're the one that said that Sanchez is going to win MVP this year. So do you think this kind of gives him a little boot in the ass.
3: Oh, yeah. I've always thought he was going to be the MVP. No, just to follow on. Um, that's that's beautiful, Bobby. Yeah, totally. I love that guy. No, anyway, to to follow on for what Cashman says here in the statement. He also says your play speaks for itself. And you either play well enough to keep playing or you don't. Whether you were told directly, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he was. I don't really care. I mean, I, I, I love what Cashman's saying here. And I think it shows that I think the Yankees are going to change the way that they're managing Gary Sanchez this year. I think this is Sanchez's last chance this year. He has to step up. And I think Cashman's now changing the strategy because uh, Sanchez has been mollycoddled for about four years now. And, um, and I think now the kid gloves are off and I think they're going to now treat Sanchez like a man. You got to step up, you got to play. And if you don't play well, then, then we'll look for a replacement next year. I think that's what, I think that's, what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And it, it, sorry to cut you off, Robert, but it has to be his last chance because you've seen this multiple times with multiple backup catchers out playing him. That's not okay. Yeah. You had a 39-year-old Cats outplay him a couple times. You mm-hmm. had Austin Romine a couple years outplay him to the fact that the franchise fan base is asking for him to be the catcher. Well, Austin Romine's is not a better catcher. He just played better. So it's frustrating from our perspective that we're sitting here waiting for our franchise catcher to figure it out. And we've seen multiple times over four years that he hasn't.
0: Well, even with Higashioka, you know, he even you know, took his, you know, jobs, you know, games away from him. So before he earned that, I mean, I mean,
3: Garrett Cole preferred pitching to Higashioka.
0: Yes.
3: and that's an indictment on Sanchez.
0: Now, before we get into Rob Manfred, who's our other favorite punching bag, um, if Sanchez is performing well throughout the year, does Cashman make the move and, and trade him, or they really, they, or do they ride out the whole year with them?
1: Oh, I think they keep him uh, personally. I think they do because they've always believed in him. Um, they, they, they've continually said, you know, that they think that there's something there. They've showed a level of, uh, of patience with him. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if if Gary performs, if he overperforms even, I think it'll be the Yankees saying, see, we knew it was there all the time. And a, a good catcher is hard to find, you know, a guy, a guy that can yeah. you know maybe hit for average. Hit for home runs, doing on a day in and day out basis. It's uh, it's not easy to find. So I think I think with that in mind, that would really just motivate the Yankees to uh, to keep him. I think they have other holes to fill also. Uh, so you know they probably want to uh, take care of those those other issues as well. Yep. Uh, uh,
0: the MLB proposed 154 game season. Full pay for the players, full salary, plus the expanded playoffs. Mm -hmm. Evan, do you think this is a good idea?
2: I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of idea it is; it's going to get rejected. There's, there's no way it's going to get get approved. It's going to get rejected tomorrow.
0: But I, do you think it's a fair proposal?
2: Yeah, I guess so. But it's like. I don't want to go back into this back and forth nonsense when they have a number that's going to be decided regardless. They know how much they're going to play this year and you have a time frame in which you need to do that. I've already been told, and I've read this, even if the deal gets rejected and it keeps getting rejected by April 1st, they're going to play the season. So it's, it doesn't really matter. None of these deals matter at all.
1: I think they're really splitting hairs at this point also because MLB has said, you know, they'll still pay them their full salaries, and they'd be getting paid full salaries playing less games. So, you know, uh, you, you never know with uh, with Tony Clark. Um, so I can see them, you know, going in and finding a reason to reject. I think the the reasoning that they are they're um they're considering is that in playing less games and in expanding the playoffs, there's less incentive to put for individual teams to put more money into their teams to reach the playoffs or at least have a better chance of going further into the playoffs. So already there, I, I, I agree with Evan. I think they're going to, I think they are going to reject it, but I think it'd be, it'd be foolish for them because they are getting paid you know, to play less games, you know? So yeah. I guess as a fan on the outside and not knowing the intricacies of the contracts, I really don't know what it is that they're seeing that we're not seeing, but it, it must be, again, it must be like, uh, like, like splitting hairs. Now, me personally, I would actually like to see more games. Joel Sherman put a, uh, an article, and he said, you know, with uh, the, the seven-inning uh, doubleheaders, Major League Baseball should have like 175 games a year. Just stack on all these uh, seven-inning doubleheaders. And I thought that'd be a great idea. I love baseball, and I, I, as a fan, want more baseball. So if you're asking the fan in me what I would like, that's what I'd like to see. I don't want less. I want more.
2: With that, would that concern you on the injury front that the Yankees have? Uh,
1: it would, but I think injuries are just, you know, they're, they're part of the game. Uh, you're always going to be at some level of, uh, of risk for, uh, for injuries. Um, I, I can understand that, that argument, uh, but I think that's just, you know, it's, it's an inherent part of the game. You know, just like, you know, if you're, you're a pilot and you're flying, an inherent part of flying is you might crash, you know, but, you know, you're still going to fly.
0: You know, good, but different way to look at it. Yeah. Because we had talked about, you know, even if they cut the season, you know, we were saying, you know, cut the season by 20 games or have like every Monday was an off day. Sure. And something where the players are not on the field as often and are able to, you know, if that might help avoid injury. You know, rather than, you know, you're spending all this money to go to a game and, you know, that player that you want to watch is not even playing. You know, and for us, we are right. that, but a kid might not, you know, a, a little kid in Little League wants to see Aaron Judge, you know, and if he's right. not in the lineup because he's already played five games in a row and you're not allowed to play more than six, you know, yeah. a shorter season might prevent that. So that's why I'm kind of on the fence of, you know, the, the kid in me wants 365. Yeah.
1: You know, I suppose the answer I think that Bobby is it's, it's an issue of, um, you know, control what you can control. And I really just can't control when an injury will happen, where it will happen, who it will happen to. Um, If major league baseball came out and said, we're not going to, do this or we're going to have the 154 game plan because we do want to reduce uh the risk of injuries i certainly understand that i i respect that it it, uh, it definitely makes sense but um but you know even in the 60 game season last year you know to point out aaron judge he still got hurt you know during a portion of the yeah. season so you know from what i can see whether it's 60 games or 160 games or or 200 games you know, injuries are just gonna happen and they, they the unfortunate thing about them is they always happen uh when you least expect them to.
0: No, see what I would like to see is the hundred and sixty-two get rid of that stupid expanded playoffs. It it, it was it felt it, it felt so watered down last year. You know, and I understand that last year was the exception to every rule in the book, you know.
2: It, it doesn't matter. You cannot have a team with a losing record make the playoffs okay. and almost make the World Series. If they made the World Series and won, that's the biggest joke of the season in the history of baseball.
0: It's like if the Marlins would have won last year, you know, it, it we'd be scratching our heads trying to figure out how that happened. It would be pretty remarkable if that had happened, like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you know, not to discredit what their abilities are, mm-hmm. but... They in a regular year, the more you know, there are teams that just shouldn't be in that race, yeah, right. Well, know,
1: I it does sort of water things down. Now, I've, I've, I've watched the, the Yankee Chronicles, so I know where you guys stand. Yeah. So, you guys should be happy I'm here tonight. I think of me as like your punching bag. Get your juice <laughs> in. I'm, I'm the guy, I, I actually like the expanded playoffs, um, partially because you know it's just going to happen. You know, no matter how much we hate it, it, it's it's inevitable. And this is the direction that baseball is going. So as I, the old I, saying goes, you either, you know, get along and then and then go along. But I, I, I saw the upside of it. What were you going to say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, you didn't
2: cut me off. The I like the upside. I agree with you on that. I don't like the time frame in the 60-game season. I don't think that that's enough time for an expanded playoffs to really show who the oh, yeah. best teams were to make that? Um, if there's about 120 games, I'd have no problem with the extended extended playoffs at all. Yeah, all right. yeah. I just see with this offer
3: here, um, we also have to bear in mind the the coronavirus aspect of this. If, with a if we started a little bit later, um, it gives us a better chance of getting some fans in the stands later in the year. Yeah. Um, And that's something that we have to realistically think about, because I'm just looking at the ESPN article on this offer here. And it says here, as executives privately note, the context this year will be very different due to the ongoing dispersal of coronavirus vaccines. One high-ranking team official suggested that the other day that everyone would be best served if the start of spring training was delayed by a month. It just makes too much sense otherwise. And I, I think that's true. I think um, because uh, the owners lost so much money last year with no fans in the stands. And, uh, you know, if you started a month later um, and a shortened season, you'd actually have a better chance with to actually get the games in uh, with, you know, with any kind of uh, postponements sort to of, you know, cases or whatever. Um, you have a better chance of getting um, games in and uh, so I think – I actually think that the, the offer makes a lot of sense, but there's some aspects to it that, that I disagree with. I'm not a big fan of the expanded playoffs um, at all, but uh, I, I do think that a shortened season makes sense. And I do – the best thing about this would be, the, would be starting a little bit later when the, when the warmer weather comes in. And, uh, and I, I think you have a better chance of getting a season in getting fans in the stands because, hey, when the Yankees are in October, our best asset is our fans. We need the stadium full. We need the stadium rocking. Yeah.
0: But that's the other problem. They haven't even figured out the capacity, stadium capacities. Yeah. They don't know if there's going to be travel restrictions to certain areas in the country, you know, like there have been. They can't even figure that out, but they want to try to figure out how many games. Why don't you figure out what your restrictions are travel-wise? before you start trying we've talked about this the last month you know they keep putting the cart before the horse yeah you know, figure out all that shit first then talk about how many games you can get into that time frame time frame
2: right and even if the stadium opens are they going to have every concession stand open no. and everything's good no they're not it's going to yeah. be it's going to be a very limited experience and it's not going to be as fun you know if i go to a game and i can't get my chicken bucket i'm going to lose my shit <laughs>
0: You know, and I think, are we as adult fans too consumed with the behind the scenes of the game where we just, you know, by the time the season kicks off, we can't enjoy it the way we used to when we were kids? Does the outside stuff, you know, are we are we too worried about that? You know, we're not the executives. Why do we get so involved with that? You mean uh, like like the baseball well, issues or the coronavirus issues? Baseball in general. Do I'm we have sure contracts and how many games they're going to play? And who's traveling where? Oh, I see what you mean. You know, some I, I think fans, you know, wear, wear
1: many hats. And um, I, I think, um, you know, it depends on the place and the time. Like, um, you know, there are just moments where I just want to watch a baseball game. In fact... At the end of the day, you know, after all the news and all the rumors and all the hot stove and all the issues, at the end of the day, the most important thing for me is to be able to sit down, you know, come home from a long day at work, put my kids to bed and sit down and just watch my Yankee game and just watch, you know, professional baseball players play baseball. And if it's the New York Yankees, hopefully they're going to be one of the best teams, you know, in in baseball, and they're going to be making a serious run to the playoffs and and hopefully get to the, uh, to the world series this year. So, you know, I'm able to tune that out. I think like, you know, when the games aren't playing, yeah, I like to listen to my sports radio. I like to hear what's going on. I like to get my phone out. I like to see what's, you know, what's the news on Twitter and in uh, New York post, New Jersey.com. Um, you know, you just, you, you take as much as you can take. Yeah,
0: it's Pretty much. on that. <laughs> oh, i was you know it was just something a thought that popped into my head earlier when i was out driving around getting ready for the storm tomorrow like you know why am i getting so aggravated you know i'm gonna watch the games anyway you know does it matter who's on the you know we care who's on the field but do we need you know are we, are we too consumed with well you know who's Getting right, you know, whose prospects, you know, might be able to run, you know, five seconds faster. No, yeah. not isn't, at all. The answer
2: is no. This
0: is literally <laughs> our lifestyle. Yeah, I, that's I, I, good. isn't that what we do?
1: Isn't yeah, that why, why we're cool here for baseball? Like, I, <laughs>
0: that's why it's kind of like I right, random thought, you know. So like, I'm just spitting out my random thought. So like what would be the point in
3: sports me... writing, otherwise, what would be the point in sports journalism? What would be the point podcast? <laughs> or what's the point in sports radio? Right. I, I would the point be punch- GMs and analytics and everybody working in front offices if, though, if we just went, ah, fuck, I could just put the game on. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. You know, a, a, a little more into, the, you know, into my real personality because sometimes I'll just have a random thought and I'll just, you know. Some thoughts aren't the best but, thoughts. You know, sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't. You know, <laughs> but sometimes it makes for a good laugh. <laughs>
1: So I think that there's still a lot of uncertainty with the uh, with the upcoming season, which is the answer to um you know a lot of the questions we have. It's what both you know Don and uh, and, and Evan pointed out uh, with the with the coronavirus. We don't know if fans will be allowed to uh, you know go into the stadium. Uh, if they will, if they will, we don't know when, and we don't know how that's going to impact uh, Major League Baseball. It's really the answer to the question you know, why free free agency was so slow this year, why we didn't really see a lot of ongoings, you know, with the exception of a couple of big moves, you know, with the Padres and Mets uh, also, you know, uh, during, the, uh, during the off season, uh, there's just a, a, a lot of uncertainty. We're seeing a lot of uh, one year contracts, two year contracts. Uh, so, you know, there's just, w- without really a clear picture as to, you know, the impact of the coronavirus, it really clouds, you know, the, um, the future of, uh, not, not, not even just baseball, all the sports, all the sports really.
0: Yep. You know, and uh, the, the reason I, I, I kind of know, brought up that little joke is because the other big joke in baseball was this year's hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm so, yeah, mad so mad about it. it. Kind of like kind of segue into that, you know, <laughs> um, this this year was just a joke, you know, the the blank ballots, nobody getting in. The people that were on the on the ballot. Before we start throwing ideas out on how to change that or adjust it, did you know? Do you guys put thought into what the Hall of Fame can do to?
1: Um, Let me tell you, Bob. I think all three of
0: us. I think all three of us put a lot of thought into the whole thing <laughs> and, and well, what it should and, be. Well, this is why we have you on, because, you, you know, you, you and Evan were kind of killing it on the Twitter thread. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't even, you know, I was just kind of clapping along with wow. the both of you, laughing.
1: I'm going. We, we, I want to start by saying I. I, I love Evan. Evan, yeah. I, I totally Thanks, respect buddy. his opinion where, where he's coming from on that. Yeah. I totally, I totally Likewise. get his vibe. You know, it, it, Evan is really fun to talk to because it's sort of like a Skip and Shannon kind of thing. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. it's discussion. <laughs> it's good discussion. You know, and whether I'm Skip and he's Shannon or he's Shannon and I'm Skip, you know, that's that's all good. You know, it's it's, it's uh, it was it was a lot, a lot of talk, to talk it, about.
0: You know, it, it made for. Uh, it, it was a very, very, you know, the back and forth was
2: just great. Yeah. Normally I just oh, get blocked.
1: His homework. <laughs> his homework. I mean, he, he takes it seriously, you know, it's like, so. Well, we all do
0: like Donald said, this is why we're the fans. We are, this is why we're able to do what we do.
2: <sighs> Baseball makes me sick though. Like you guys don't understand. Like it's, it's my passion, but it's also my downfall. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've missed work. I've missed school over this shit. When we lost in 2001 to the uh, Diamondbacks, I've still in, not recovered from that. School I've still not recovered
3: me. from that. That yeah, one,
2: they, that one they hurt couldn't well. get me out of my dorm room, dude. I was like, I'm not going to school. I'm yeah. depressed. You can make me work or something, but I'm not going to class. No. <laughs> that crushed me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, really actually, I
3: actually, I actually, I had that ninth inning recorded because I thought that was it. <laughs> We had Mo up. It was, it was, it was one. And I remember that uh, that that pop up just behind Derek Jeter for the winning run. I turned the television off. I was like, this isn't, this hasn't happened. I'm gonna turn it back on again, and I'm uh, gonna see the Yankees celebrate. Turn it on the Dodgers are celebrating. I'm like, Sorry, the Diamondbacks celebrating. I'm like, no, this is not real. But
1: at the time, I had the TV on, but I had the volume turned down, and I listened to uh. Uh, Sterling and his partner at the time and so I actually there was a delay the delay being that the radio call was ahead of the audio or the video and so I heard the Sterling call before it actually happened and I, I keenly remember Sterling go and the ball goes over Jeter's head and the Diamondbacks will win the World Series and yeah like you Evan I was I was crushed in my case I had to go to work the next day And at work, you know, the the people there, there were some, you know, Mets fans who were very happy the Yankees lost. And, um, you know, some people, you know, as baseball fans, we can understand that. Like when when a team loses a big game like that, you know, you do feel depressed. You do go through a thing. And it's totally understandable, you know, if you're a sports fan. People who don't like sports, you know, they don't understand that. And they don't get that. And I think here collectively, they, they understand that. There's nothing wrong with
0: it. It's actually oh, – yeah, sorry. Sorry, Bob. My, my reaction to that game was I had to double check to see who was pitching because you didn't think it was Mariano. You know, yeah, I'm like, wow, this is – I actually think wow. he just ran into bad
3: luck. His cutter was cutting.
1: Yeah. It just – it, it you know, cut
3: it's... too much. It was too good a pitch because yeah. it, it broke Gonzalez's yeah. bat and it just it just kind of popped up over the – No, but you, you forced you know, yourself – There's nothing not that could have to been done about
1: it. Well, my recollections of that game, I, I felt that um, they brought him in too early. They brought him in in the eighth inning. That's correct. They could, have, they, they, they could have tried, you know, bringing in some of their relievers because he pitched a great eighth inning. He pitched a one two three eight. Yeah. yeah. And then I think I think it was the fatigue that uh, that caught up to him. You know,
2: he well he sorry to cut yeah. you off, but Mo has said multiple times he doesn't like pitching more than one inning. He can, mm. but he doesn't like yeah. it.
0: He Does not like it. No.
1: He wants
0: to go in
1: one inning and get him out. Yeah. So to answer your first question, Bob, about the, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame, because um, I have thought about this. Yep. The, the first thing that I, I question is why is it beholden to the writers? Why are the writers deciding who gets into Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame? Uh, because I think if the Hall of Fame is to really serve the interests of MLB, then it only makes sense for MLB to be voting in their Hall of Fame candidates. Now you can argue whether that's right or wrong, but that that's a question that I have because from the way I see it, I, I, I don't really see whose interests are being served by doing the Hall of Fame. In other words, if you're a candidate and you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, you get the honor, you get the... Um, you know you get praised but what do you what do you really get what is in it for the person to get into the hall of fame so look at the people who are writing or or voting the hall of fame and from from what i'm seeing it's really the writers that have the biggest interests that are served with the hall of fame they vote and then they write the stories about it yeah so it's really serving their interests the most and they like to have that power Who gets in and and who who doesn't get in. Thank you. Just to
3: follow what you just said there, buddy. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Michael Kay actually said in the show that the writers like to play God with us. Yeah. You know, they're playing God. They get to to decide the fate of baseball players. Yeah. Whether they can be immortal or not. I mean, they get to play God. So, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with what you're
0: saying there. That's the time of year that all the attention is on them. Not even the players that are on the ballot. They're they in make, the background now. They're they
1: they're a backstory. It's well, Bobby, they they put it on themselves. Uh, look yeah. at look at Twitter now, Twitter now. All the writers they like to take a screenshot of their Hall of Fame ballots, and they like to put it up there. Yeah. They know it's going to spark conversation,
2: yeah.
1: controversy. You know, because they they, 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 they know reasons.
2: that all of us fans are reactionary fans. We're going to jump on whatever little caption they put, and we're yeah. going to run wild and then their name's going to be out there. Like, look at John Heyman, for example. He always has to be the first to everything or credit whoever the first is. Why does it matter who's first? Yeah, We're all exactly. going to see the information eventually. It doesn't matter. Yep. Or, or the guy break? that
3: didn't make Derek Jeter uh, the... the, the right, yeah. yeah. That guy didn't vote for him. Well, well, unbelievable. It, and right, he never it, had the balls to stand up. And and say why he didn't think Jeter was a was a. Yeah, that's was a why Hall I fan.
0: also think that every ballot, look, you you want to be in the spotlight, you want it to be on you. Yeah, but you better make a you better make your vote public. To, to- exactly. If you're gonna be stupid it, it, enough
3: to think that Jeter's not a Hall of Famer, stand up and it, and and stand, stay true and to and your
2: convictions. Yeah, that's the problem with integrity. There is that the guy who did that to Jeter didn't have the balls to show his face. Exactly. Yeah. But then all these guys show that they did a blank ballot as if that's integrity. You're doing
0: the same thing, just in a very different way. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I think if you you said, there are times where you just don't want to vote. <laughs> now, you don't agree. You forfeit, you, vote, you forfeit your vote for that year. Give it to another writer, maybe. Yeah. The other problem is the people on the players on the ballot. Not everybody deserves a Hall of Fame vote. Yeah. Never mind the Hall of Fame. Latroy Hawkins did not need to be on that ballot. <laughs> he wasn't there. There's was no way he was gonna he was gonna
1: hold hold on. Well, Bob, for the um uh, discussion you guys had uh the, the last week when you first started to, um mm-hmm. talking about it. Um, I, would have, I would have said, you know, I have no problem if a writer, you know, submits a, uh, a blank ballot if they truly, truly feel that none of the candidates were, um, you know, Hall of Famers. The thing is, if you ask those 14 people, you know, why they gave a blank ballot, I don't think that's the answer they're going to give. I'm sure they're going to say, well, they've got an issue with bonds. They've got an issue with Clemens. None of them are going to say, "I just don't feel that any of them are uh, are Hall of Famers." That's 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 really the issue, and that again comes to why again are we letting these writers, yep. you know, select Major League Baseballs? Why why are they having a hand in Major League Baseball's product? It should be Major League Baseball that is handling well, its product.
0: Or well, you know, the Hall of Fame needs to put a commission together, a voting commission,
1: something like that. Yeah, you
0: know, or where- have.
2: Why can't we have past Hall of Famers vote and maybe the players union vote, you know, maybe have some fans vote, you can make it so that there's a platform so there's multiple angles that are voting and then you take the percentage of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even if it was the fans, we're the ones that are walking through the door putting you know spending our money to go visit that you know.
2: fans are usually pretty accurate too maybe there's one or two guys that slip through but fans are we do our research and we care very deeply about Mm. who's representing the game yeah like we said we're passionate about whether we're not
0: getting paid to do this we're doing it because we love to
1: yeah Yeah.
0: you know it's and we are probably more critical of some of the players than the writers are because the writers are going to want to get the story so they're not gonna, you know. So they're gonna, you know, kiss a little ass to, you know, to be able to be invited to the clubhouse.
3: We well, already I have a veterans committee that right. that that deals with the, the votes. I mean, shouldn't they have more powers to take some of the power away from the writers? I, I think, I think the, another thing is the veterans committee over yeah.
1: the writers. I was just gonna say I didn't mean to cut you off, Don. Um, no. Another thing is I don't think the Hall of Fame really knows what it wants to be. And this sort of gets yeah. to the back and forth that me yeah. and, and Evan had, um, because I don't know whether we're trying to select the the operative word. In my opinion, has always been that word, fame. They call it the Hall of Fame, and I understand that you know people may be critical of, of that opinion because you know we're focusing too much on the word. But it is called the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame was founded by the writers. I think that one thing as a writer, if that's your profession, is you should have some command of the English language and the words that you're using. So they're not calling it necessarily the hall of statistical achievement. They're not calling <laughs> it the hall yeah. of, they're calling it the hall of fame. Yeah. So my question has always been: well, what is fame? And fame is a very ambiguous term. You can't really define what it is. What, what is famous? Um, so famous to me, and it's only my opinion is you know how renowned and perhaps how important a player might be to the sport how integral they are not just to the sport's vitality but also to the sport's past but even then you could argue with that definition and i completely i completely yeah. understand mm-hmm. that but the hall of fame is a very vague thing so that's that's why when you start looking into the statistics that's you know that that's fine but it should be it should just be more defined as to what it is they're they're trying to accomplish with um with the Hall of Famers, and I think that's a problem with the Hall of Fame. They don't know what they want to be. Yeah. So, so that's such a good point. Yep,
2: yeah, I agree with all that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Should being brought up, you know, it's it's not the statistical museum, right? Should, should there be a realignment of the re, you know of requirements to be on the ballad you know, you know yeah but yeah you know, just because you played for 20 plus years doesn't mean you should have you know you're on the ballad. you know you should have to meet certain criteria to be on that you know whether it's multiple MVPs, gold gloves, you know how many you know uh, career hits, RBIs, there's got to be a, a plateau where you have to get over that, that plateau to be in that conversation of a Hall of Famer. Well, if, if you're going to
1: do that, then the, the Hall of Fame, they, they, they need to at least define that that's what, yeah. what they're trying to
0: accomplish. See, yeah. Right now, again, they don't know what they want to be. Well, I saying, yeah, that ties into what you were saying. Yeah? Ties
2: into what he was saying. Yeah. Right, because is it a history museum, a museum of integrity, a museum of stats? We we don't really know, like you said, and we need to come up with a concept to kind of fix that. So why don't they just come up with like integrity hall or something? You could put all the good guys in there, and you could have steroid hall where you put all the steroid users in there, <laughs> like. I, I don't really care. I just think the Hall of Fame, to me, is a history museum, and taking Kurt Schilling out of it over politics yeah. is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I like, agree with that
2: 100%. Last year, before he said these comments that everyone hated, he was on his way to the Hall of Fame. Yep. Now suddenly, over one year, 14 people decide they're not going to vote, so he doesn't get in by fucking 4%. He was on his way. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. it's clearly a, a personal vendetta against him. And, well, and you should that, not
1: see that as a fan. To expand on that also, Evan, again, let's let's sort of backtrack a little bit the, the Pete Rose issue. I know that you guys have said you guys support him being in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. He should be. I, I am in the, the, the corner of supporting him not being in the hall of fame. Okay. But my reason for that is because Pete Rose's gambling actions were harmful to baseball. And I think that if you're looking for people who will further the cause, further the game, further prolonging the sport of baseball, I think if you do something to harm baseball, um, you don't get rewarded for it and you should be punished accordingly. So with Curt Schilling, his political views have no impact on the game. And I think it's irrelevant you know, what he says. And Anybody can say anything. Now, I think what happened at the Capitol was reprehensible. I think supporting it in any way was reprehensible. But his comments do not have impact on the game. He did not harm the game. And again, this is where the writers are more or less embracing the issue because it gives them a modicum of power to have control of the game. And they can control, again, who gets in and who doesn't get in. And it serves their interests. Kurt, Kurt Schilling, even with the business losses of his, um, you know, his uh, ventures, uh, uh, he's still a very wealthy guy. He's doing very well. You know, the writers, most of them, they, they, he got a pretty good living, but they're not living on, you know, Fifth Avenue in a penthouse, you know, like the Major League Baseball players. So for Kurt Schilling, I think it, pff, I don't need the Hall of Fame. And likewise, I think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, they're doing very well. They don't need the Hall of Fame. They don't need the validation of the writers to determine how good their careers were. I think they know in their own minds they had good careers and it makes no difference to them whether they get in or not.
0: See, so I think. Well, they are represented in the museum that, you know, that is not in the whole, you know, in the part of in the section where all the Hall of Famers are. Yeah. Well, they are still represented, you know. So that's the museum part of it. You can still go and you can still see, you know, Pete Rose, you know, his bat, you know, um, the, uh, you know, there's all all, uh, Roger Clemens' glove, you know, from, you know, uh, his his (coughs) young year is still on display. So you can still go and marvel in these these moments of the game that we, we like. But that doesn't mean you know, not everybody needs to be in the hall of fame right you know those are for the ones that you didn't have to watch an iota of a game and those names are infamous for their accomplishments
1: yeah.
0: you know we didn't see babe ruth but we know we we didn't need to watch him play to know his greatness yeah, you know, Rod Carew and Lou Gehrig, you know, Satchel Page, you know, these are players, th- their name alone is monumental. Those are the players that belong in that that, that wing of, of Cooperstown, not you know, because you know, you waited an extra five years of your career and accumulated an X amount of extra hits, or you know. Home runs, to me, that that's it's not what the Hall of Fame wing is for. It's for the players that their name alone resonates.
3: Without yes, I I think it should be for people that have had an impact on the history of the game. I think that's what the Hall of Fame should be. Well, that's Curt Schilling. I'm not arguing against that. I think. But in the
0: same
1: same
3: breath, I think it should be Bonds and it should be Clemens.
2: No, but that's my point is that everyone everyone we've talked about is exactly that. But because you have people like the writers making it a petty personal contest, you're never going to see them in. And we're going to have to wait maybe 30 years for the Veterans Committee to do it anyway. It's ridiculous. why I'm thinking the the Veterans Committee should just be jumping in from the start exactly when when the veterans committee sees that they are doing something like this which to me is fraud they should step in and fix yeah. it cuz it's ridiculous
1: yeah. i agree they they're not using their vote responsibly essentially yeah. the hall of fame is just asking the writers one thing do you think a player is a hall of famer or not that's all we're asking yeah. we don't want to know how you personally feel about them we don't yeah. know, we don't want to know what you think about their political affairs are we don't yeah. want to we don't care if you think that they're you know having a threesome with their neighbor we don't care about anything like that we just want to know do you think or not think that a player is a hall of famer so Go let's and take and an and example. Like, your tongue. Like, yeah. like, take again. <laughs> no i was going to reiterate
2: the same thing is yeah. is that you know <sighs> I lost my point because you you distracted me, but um, sorry. What was a threesome? <laughs> yeah. Don't think about that. That's a joke I would have made.
0: <laughs> it's all about the Billy Goat.
1: <laughs> well, I remember a, a couple of years ago, um, when they had the the voting. One of the uh one of the voters, I think he uh, gave his vote to somebody else. he, he dismissed it. You know, yep. he really he took it. He took it as a joke. See, to me, that's that goes to what Evan was saying. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to take the vote seriously, you know, then you relinquish your right to have a vote. Um, yeah. If I, I, think when you get um, a writer that says, you know, they put, um, uh, they they put a a no name player. They gave that player a, a vote of yes because they knew that they wouldn't get any votes and they felt sorry for them, or they just wanted to give them some support. I think like, yes, yeah, as, as sentimental as that might be, that is using your vote irresponsibly.
2: Yeah, you know, there should not, not the question. Sorry to cut you off, but there should not be a strategy in voting. It should be, is he a Hall of Famer or is he not a Hall of Famer, like no. you just said? And the problem is we knew 10 years ago when Bonds and Clemens got their first shot on the ballot that they were gonna have to wait 10 years. We knew. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem. We knew it was gonna be a petty vote and maybe they'll get in next year because because it, it's done and they'll go, okay, whatever, we'll let them in now. But it's like you punched them by making them wait a long time and it is so stupid.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and mean, a lot really- of these
3: writers don't have the credentials to be actually yes. voting. You know, there's a lot of writers that are from different parts of of the country that never watch Yankee games. You know, and then they have a, you know, and they, and they don't really, so they can't really judge Jeter. Oh, Jeter, you know, there's lack of range, so I'm not going to vote for him. Yeah. That kind really? of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's a lot of voters that, that don't like the Yankees, and there's a lot of voters that, that, yeah. that hold a prejudice against them, you know, and they'll just vote for the the, the teams in their areas and then boost them up, even though they're the, the, not really exactly. Hall of Fame caliber.
0: And that goes beyond the Hall of Fame. That's even the, the, the annual awards. Well, yeah. why, why
2: is Don Mattingly yeah. not a Hall of Famer when he was one of the most likable well, guys ever and has the defensive stats to back up the fact that he was one of the best first basemen to ever play the game? Well, because
0: they say he didn't have the years.
2: Yeah, and to me, that's ridiculous. Yeah, if, if you do
0: it in a condensed
2: period of time, that's more impressive to me than if you do it over
0: 20 years. See, the thing mm-hmm. is, and almost like with, after the, after the Black Sox scandal, you had Babe Ruth, if it wasn't for Babe Ruth, we wouldn't have baseball. You know, if, it, you know, these writers now, let's fast forward a century. These writers now probably wouldn't be a fan of the sport if it wasn't for for Barnes and, and Clemens and the steroid era. Because after the strike, a lot of people turned their back on the game after 94. And the steroid era put all our asses, our asses back in the seats and wrote for our teams again. So you have to give them their nod. They're infamous for, they're infamous for their play on the field, whether it was questionable or not.
1: Going back, you know, in that different time, I think uh, it was the writers that could really make or break the players. And it was the writers that could, in essence, give the players a living. But today it's it's the opposite. The players don't need the writers. They don't need to talk to them. They don't need their affirmation. So the writers you know, are more hungry you know, for stories to keep their jobs so they can keep writing and so that they can keep getting paid. I wanna just alliterate to what you were saying before also about the, um, the end of year awards uh, going to um, you know, our dissatisfaction with the writers. If you recall when Justin Verlander won the Cy Young and he won the MVP, there was one writer, I think he was from Ohio, and he said he didn't vote for Justin Verlander for MVP because he was a pitcher. I get the argument, but in the MVP voting, there simply is no rule that says you can't vote for a pitcher Mm -hmm. for MVP. And so this guy, he didn't vote for for Verlander. He went on the radio shows, it got him some attention. So in my opinion, that was a situation where the guy used his vote irresponsibly because mm -hmm. he didn't not vote MVP because of his abilities, he voted not for MVP because he said he was a pitcher. But there's no rule that says he can't do that. So in my opinion, that writer should have had his vote relinquished and relinquished for the Hall of Fame also.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they say, well, the pitchers have the Cy Young. Well, the hitters have the defensive awards. They have the Silver Slugger. They, you know, They have multiple awards, but the pitchers can only have one. It, you know the MVP yeah brilliant of that year was the most valuable player and
1: he was the most valuable player Then all MLB has to do is make a rule that says listen when voting for the mVP no pitchers that that's all that that way it's it's clear and it helps a guy yeah. like me <laughs> <laughs> always wants stability <laughs> <laughs> I need order. <laughs>
0: You know, I we, think if
1: the
2: pitcher's the best player in the in the entire league, then he deserves MVP. I think that's I agree. Stupid, I agree stupid, non-rule that they're Yeah.
0: You know, if if they were you know Mariano Rivera, he could have won multiple MVPs. Sure. Of course. Yeah. Uh you know, and there there were a lot of other pitches. You know, those those are the two that I think really. You know, because of the, the the story, the hype, the story got with Verlander. You know, Mariano was just he is he. You don't even need to describe him.
2: He's a freak. That's what he is. Yeah. He, he he threw a pitch that didn't work, and it turned into the greatest pitch of all time.
0: <laughs> they kept yelling at him. No, throw it straight. He's like, I am. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just his his natural arm motion caused that movement in the ball. Yeah, you know? a chance yeah. catch in the outfield. <laughs> yeah.
3: Incredible.
0: All right? Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those discussions when it comes to you know gripes with the writers, who's a Hall of Famer, who's not. You know, who's eligible, who's you know, it's it's a, you know, an argument that can go on forever and ever. Yeah. Because next year there's be a whole new ballad and all new frustrations. And the only thing I do know is nothing's gonna change.
1: Yeah. Spencer, That's what's why your the opinion? hall of fame is the gift that keeps on giving? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What's your opinion on Mike Messina making the hall since we've talked about Kurt uh, Schilling?
1: Yeah, my 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 feeling on Mike Messina was um I, I wouldn't have given him my own vote. Um uh I don't know. He just you know he, it just wasn't there for me. You see for for me, the Hall of Fame, in my in my own opinion, and I know it's a very minority opinion, it, it again comes down to you know, players that are transcending their stats. So To me, Mike Pesina just didn't do that. Now, that's not to say that I didn't think that Mike wasn't a great pitcher. Uh, I thought he was an excellent pitcher. Um, And I was happy he got in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad that, you know, people, the majority of people disagreed with me. But if I was uh, giving a a vote, um, I probably wouldn't have put him on the – I wouldn't have put him on my uh, voting sheet.
2: Yeah, I disagree strongly. He compares to Schilling almost identically on the top – uh, 30 war pitchers in the hall. Messina's, I think, 29 and Curt Schilling's 27th. Uh, Mike Messina also had nearly five perfect games. He pitched in the hardest division for his entire career against steroid users. You know, that's hard to do. So I think his numbers were, you know, weaker because of that. He still had an under, you know, yeah. 350 ERA. And um, if not for circumstances he probably would have won 20 games multiple times he had a bunch of 19 yeah um and i wish he hadn't retired in 08 i wish he was there for the 09 world series that would have completely changed how we view him i think
1: yeah i understand the the stats no doubt they definitely speak to his career but this again gets into like um where we sort of split on what is and isn't a hall of famer because when you start looking at the stats yeah that's that's sort of implying that you know, getting in the Hall of Fame, there, there, there should be like some formula, you know, for yeah. who gets in and who doesn't get in. But the way the Hall of Fame sort of works is that there is no expectation of of equality. Um, two players with comparable stats, one in the Hall of Fame and one isn't the Hall of Fame. That's just the reality of it. But that goes to the nebulous nature of the way the uh, the, the Hall of Fame is. Uh, the Hall of Fame again, it's going towards um they looking for that certain je ne se quoi you know that separates the the most excellent players you know from even the the very best well, when that's, did that's that where he, I think he would have gone in when did that change because it used to be 300
2: wins 3000 strikeouts those would get you in and yeah. ichinana was borderline on every single thing that would almost get you in so for me He's a Hall of Famer, but I I get people's points. I also think he's one of the smartest pitchers in the game. I mean, this is a guy who really studied it and was one of the most analytical guys before analytics really came into motion. Um, So I respected him for that. Um, And he was a gamer too. Oh Oh, yeah, remember that
3: game where he was a strike away from a perfect game against Boston? (laughs) (laughs) Ironically (laughs) against David Cohn. That
2: was an unbelievable matchup. Yeah. W- was that the Carl Everett one? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. fucking hate Carl Everett. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was an incredible game, though. That just yeah. showed an end. Of course, Mussini's best moment was when he came in um, and saved the Yankees in game seven against the Red Sox. When, oh, yeah. Uh,
1: that
0: was and Aaron
3: Boone's uh, infamous home run. So um, always appreciate Mussini. He was an incredible pitcher, thinker oh, yeah. on the mound. Unbelievable area pitches, but I would actually kind of uh, go with Spencer here. I don't think he was a Hall of Famer personally because just on the pure basis, I don't know what effect he had on the history of the game personally. Um, I would have, um, his, I, am actually on the Andy Pettit should be a Hall of Famer because I think he's actually I had disagree. more of an effect. I think fame. he's had more of an effect on the on the history of the game with his full championships of being one of the most winningest postseason lefties and. In baseball history, that would
2: yeah. That's also because he had how many starts? His record. But you still have to play. do it. You, you still, still have, have to play. do it. He was
0: what? He was like seventeen and eleven. But that just shows to his his you know ability to year after year in the biggest games on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. He had no fear. He just went out and he did his job, and he did it well to accumulate those. And,
2: and I think Musina, if given the same opportunities, would have been able to do that. But he spent more than ten years in Baltimore. It was a waste of time for him to be in Baltimore if he was but in it's York, adding apples and pears. He's
3: from- in Baltimore. Pettit was in New York, so there's no point even saying, "Oh well, you know, he's in Baltimore. He wasted." It. Well, you know, Andy Pettit was in pinstrikes and he did, he earned it. He, he deserves it.
1: I, I am with Evan on on um, where I go with uh, him being in the Hall of Fame. I, I. I I don't give him a, a vote for the hall of fame. He was a great pitcher. I was a, he was a great Yankee. I loved him. If he gets into the hall of fame, I'll, I'll be, I'll be as happy as any other Yankee fan, but there is just that thing that he just does not, you know, for me, transcend his statistics. I think if you go around and you, if you ask uh, you know random baseball fans who the greatest uh, pitchers were, you know, from, let's say, I don't know, 1995 to now, I don't think a lot of those people are going to put Andy Pettit at the top of their list. I think if you say to those people, um, you know, they, they agree that Andy Pettit was a great pitcher, but he's just not getting into Babe Ruth zone. He's not getting into Steve Carlton zone. He's not getting into Jim Palmer zone. I don't know what it is. Then he's no just- one's going to get in if you're holding
3: it to that kind of standards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem too, because if, if you asked a casual fan, um, who they knew better, Kurt Schilling, Messina, or Pettit? And they're not Yankees fans. I think a majority of them would know Schilling over the other two. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't think like P- Pettit just is. He's a cool guy, but he's he's a quiet personality. He doesn't stand out. And Kurt Schilling's an asshole, and everyone knows that.
1: <laughs> uh, Nobody okay. likes to root for the good guy. Well, <laughs> Kurt, Sch- he he he, talk- he walked the walk. That's for sure. He walked the walk and he talked the talk. You know, when he got on the mound, he delivered. And I when mean, he was under pressure yeah, for the any, biggest games, he delivered.
0: Like Evan delivered. said, any fan outside of the AL East really doesn't have, you know, the, the uh, a true opinion of what Pettit was as a pitcher. Yeah,
1: yeah perhaps. Perhaps. I, I just don't think he... I, I just don't think he was one of the greatest of, of all time, but I hate saying it that way well, because
0: his regular season, regular seasons were average, slightly above average. Yeah, you know, he solid. You know, you knew he was going to get the ball. He was giving you everything he had. Yeah, his, his listen. If I was on
1: second base, if I was in a baseball game, I, I felt good with Andy Pedder on the mound. It, it's yeah. Not saying that he's a Hall of Famer. It's not saying he's a bad player. Didn't he make the? Didn't he make the World Series with the Astros? Did... Yeah. yeah, 2005. There you it go.
3: Was... I mean, that's another thing to add. You didn't just add it, you didn't make the world series just for
2: the Yankees. Also, made okay. it with the Astros. I mean, but look be... at that rotation they had there, dude. He was not still the still did it, bro. He still did it. Okay. Uh,
0: you got better <laughs> postseason numbers than. Uh... No. You,
2: you're acting like he was Houston's ace, dude. He didn't carry them. To the I'm not saying that. Day. I'm just it's saying it's a, it's another. Well, nobody called him an ace. Yes.
1: You know what? I'll <laughs> fight all of you guys. All no, of you. You know, I, fight. Think, I think the thing we can agree on with Andy Pettit is he's a guy that is definitely going to spark a lot of debate. Yeah. I think if you ask, you know, 100 fans. He's on the
3: periphery. I'm not saying he's a lock. Yeah. I'm just saying he's a debate. He's on the, a, he's on the a, periphery. I made
0: the statement that I thought that Andy Pettit was going to be the first guy under, under the steroids that would break through. Well, I hope so. I not even he's
1: put him in, in that category. category.
0: Yeah, I've heard exactly. people say,
1: you know, they're not going to put him in because he he was not a steroid user. Yeah. He was not
0: using steroids. But, but, that, but that's why I think he's the first one with that over his head that could break through. It shouldn't even be contest, it, it
2: should. The league should have come out and explained that he used it for injuries, okay? Yes. And and they should be administering that anyway. I mean, it's, it's a, like I was you a, know
0: a know big coach, you know, was, of the core four. I was I was a big Pettit guy, and I'll I'll fight for Pettit.
3: Me too, bro. As long as I can, I'm with you all the way, Bobby.
1: He he, he, he can't he even be
2: put in the same line next to what Clemens did. I'm sorry, and he didn't. Well, no, of course not, I'm not. But saying that. We're not I saying you're that. Not you're saying adding apples and I mean, pears, bro. Why steroids should not be held over his head? Yeah, they shouldn't. Exactly. I mean, seriously, Clemens lied about it, and Andy Pettit, the second he was confronted about what he did, explained why he did it. So it should yeah. just—we shouldn't even talk about Pettit
1: and steroids. I, I agree. I agree. Oh, I think the writer that. that says, "Well, we're not going to put Pettit in because of his association with steroids," I think that is really an abuse. that be an excuse. Power of having a vote. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I I excuse. Yeah. And that's what the writers are going to hang that uh, And then here we go, you know, full circle. This is what the writers are going hang, to hang out on. They're going to hang on that piece of information. And that's what they, they won't be able to get past that. And look at the situation that was at hand at the time. And how he was kind of like the exception to the rule for that.
2: Yeah. Right. And also look at the guys who who fall off of the ballot because they don't get enough percentage. It's not fair to those guys who deserve at least a little bit of look, but are not getting it because they're too busy having this petty vendetta against players like Bonds and Clemens and blah, blah, blah. It's like they need to understand that 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 time in baseball was the steroid error and it was used to actually help the game and Major League Baseball allowed it to happen. Profited off it and then got all pissy when the Mitchell report came out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that that's what you were saying. If you're gonna have the commissioner of Bud Sealing in the Hall of Fame, then you've lost all credibility of denying people that that uh, should be in that were under his watch.
3: It's the height. it's, it's the height of hypocrisy, is what it exactly. is. It's the height of hypocrisy.
0: And that was that was when us as fans started saying, you know what? The system is broken and it needs to be fixed. And as soon as ceiling got in, the writers lost all their credibility.
1: You know, i I think anytime that we have these discussions, it's always going to come down to you know what the writers are doing. And the writers are always just you know they're putting themselves in position where uh, their their actions are just questionable, and um, you know they may write well, but you know if you if you take up uh, some of these writers up the task, they're not really going to be able to ver- verbally uh, describe you know the rhyme and the reason for the uh, votes they make and for the votes that they don't make. Uh, that that's the thing about the writers, which is why again. You know the whole you know to get into the Hall of Fame what does it matter to, to any baseball player these days no baseball player in my opinion needs their career to be validated on the vote of a writer you know um, no 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 player needs that you know they probably care more about you know what their teammates thought about them
0: well that's it you know, players leave it up to the players. Let their peers decide. Isn't that basically what Kerchling said in the statement? Well, that's why you said he'll 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 take his chances with the Veterans Committee. Those are all former players and managers.
2: Yeah, yeah. That that's why I think that they should have past Hall of Famers uh, vote. So, like, yeah. say what Once they you do get is in,
0: you have a vote.
2: The the players from last decade will vote for the players of this decade, and you go like that. You know, yes. so Derek That's Jeter like would get a vote for next decade with Larry Walker, with Randy Johnson, and so on.
3: Yeah.
0: I like that idea. That would be a
3: good idea. It's a great idea.
0: Evan, you're a genius. You know that?
2: I mean, uh,
3: we've only talked baseball. about it
0: for the last, what, 72 yeah. hours?
3: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh,
0: so All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. We're gonna, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about this again soon, I'm sure. But, um, I mean, everybody, Yankee Chronicles, I just want to hope everybody has a good night. And if you're in the New York area and the tri-state area, um, the storms are brewing. Um, stay safe. And, um, stay safe, guys. Stay inside if you need to. If you need to travel,
1: do it safely. So, Bobby, thank you for having me on. Really great meeting you guys. Don, really was a pleasure. Evan, thank really great. Spence, I'm glad too, we finally bro. got to talk. You know, Evan, yeah, it's, it's I, nice. I love talking to you, man. It's like, it's, it's great. And I'm glad... <laughs> I'm glad we have, like, you know, different views on this. It would be very boring if we were agreeing and agreeing and agreeing. For sure. We need a for little sure. Skip and Shannon, you know, kind of yeah. thing going on. I know? like
3: it. It's
1: all good. It's all
3: good. <laughs> it was a pleasure, Spence. Thank you, man. Yeah,
1: same here, guys.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, happy you happy back. Care, be back. I appreciate it. back on again. So, again, I'll be here for everybody at YankeeChronicles.com. We hope you have a good night. Stay safe. Stay smart. Have a good night. Take
2: it easy.